Welcome to session 139 of Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite radios from the 2000s, the Uniden BR330T. Find out what made this a unicorn in the scanner radio world and what also might have led to its demise. Now, this scanner is very similar to the Uniden UBC3500XLT. So if you're overseas and have one of those, a lot of what I told about today may also hold true on that scanner. So all notes from today's podcast we found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 179. Today's podcast is sponsored by our two brand new training courses. Our free SDR course, The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Software Fine Radio, will get you started with SDRs in an afternoon. We will show you what hardware and accessories to buy to get started with Software Fine Radio. Then we'll show you the step-by-step how-to to install the drivers, tune your first frequency with SDR Sharp, and then have you monitoring digital at the end of this free course. Our advanced course continues with beginner's course left off and levels up your SDR experience. In this course, you'll learn even more about software-defined radio. We will show you how you can substitute an SDR for your high-end digital scanner, how to monitor HD radio, monitor trunk systems and overhead data with Unitrunker, and even how to monitor all the talk groups on a system and never miss a beat with SDR trunk. You can sign up for both courses at courses.scannerschool.com. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com Patreon or www.scannerschool.com support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., Denny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Eddie K., Edward Bramblett, Evan Barak, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Robert, Robert Kanzler, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, Tim Barrick, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. This podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. Now, I purchased my BR330T back in 2007, right about the time they were discontinued. 
This radio was on my wish list for quite some time, and when it was finally announced by Uniden that they were going to retire this unit, I immediately jumped on finding one, and I was very happy to say I was able to purchase one. So back in 2007, I paid about $250 for this radio, making it about a $322 radio in 2021 dollars, according to usinflationcalculator.com. Now, not only did I buy this radio brand new in the box, but there was a small period of time where Uniden actually had refurbs available too on this, and I picked up a second unit for my uncle because he liked what I had so much. And uh, we were going to use it for the same exact reasons, right? Where we would take it to air shows and stuff like that. So it made sense for the two of us to have the exact same kind of radios. So this unit was ahead of its time in, in a couple of ways. And still, I press you to find another scanner that does what this one can do, either from Whistler or Uniden in their current lineup. In fact, I'll even make it a little bit more interesting. Find another unit by any commercial scanner or receiver company that has a radio in place that will do exactly what this scanner is capable of doing. You're not going to find one. At least I wasn't able to find one. If you were able to find one, leave me a comment below. And if you watch this on YouTube, leave a comment below or send me a comment on Twitter or anything else because I am not aware of any scanner that will work exactly like this one. I mean, there's other radios out there that have some of the same bells and whistles, but not everything in one package. And that's what makes this radio so unique. So let's talk about the basics. What can the BR330T do? Well, actually, before we even get there, let me tell you why I'm talking about the BR330T right now. Because, well, first of all, this is one of my favorite radios that you didn't had made. But secondly, after talking with uh, Lloyd Van Horn and also Larry Van Horn within the last two weeks, uh, which are the two previous podcast episodes, it made me remember how much I really did enjoy using this radio. First of all, with talking with Lloyd, listening to the AM and FM broadcasts, right? That was something, again, I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but that was something that this radio does. And also talking with Larry last week, where we were talking basically from bottom band all the way up into the gigahertz and mill air and aviation. And this was the radio that I was using when I discovered using close call the U.S. Marines helicopter demo unit, okay? So this radio is the radio that found all that. I know I use that example a lot for close call and mill air and all that stuff. So this is the radio. This was my go-to radio. This is the one that was in my back pocket. This is the one I modified to help put a Bluetooth adapter on it so that I can listen to it without a wire. This was the radio that went with me to air shows and went with me in my backpack and stuff like that. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself on my, my script here or my notes, but this radio was it. This was the radio that I, I loved, right, at the time. This was my go-to. This was my Swiss Army knife scanner. Now, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that you'd find in something like today, but it still has a lot of bells and whistles on radios that you can't find today. So, again, it holds a very special spot in my scanner radio collection. So, with that, Let's go now and talk about what the basics of the radio can do. So the BR330T is a handheld radio made by Uniden that operates on three AA batteries or a six-volt wall ward, right? And these were typical of scanners back from that time, like the BR, um, sorry, the BCT, or the uh, 246, the BC246T, rather. That one ran on two AA batteries and had different styling case. That one is uh, unique in its own as far as how it looks. 
But again, it's the same styling as the BC 346 XT, the BC 346 XTC, the BCD 396T, the BCD 396 XT, right? It was that same brick style and the same rectangle style that was popular back in those days, right? It had the same funny serial connector that went in the side of the unit. It had the same size and the same voltage for their power supplies. It would be programmed by, again, that's that funny serial cable or a USB 1 adapter. The menu system, right? The menu and the function buttons were always right where you would put your thumb if you were holding it in your left hand, which made it very easy to accidentally press that function button if you didn't you know, pay attention to what was going on here. And it had the same placement of the headphone jack, and it had the same SMA antenna port on top. And it also has the same multifunction dial on top, too, that does your volume and your squelch and also duplicates as a enter button if you press it in towards the body, right? All of these scanners were pretty much the same. And uh, I never really fell in love with the BC346 uh, XT or even though it was an upgrade to this one in, in several ways. I just didn't do it. It just, it just didn't do it for me like the BR330T did. Now, the BR330T also charged your batteries, which was something that we discovered that the BC346 XTC, which I dubbed the C for California unit, would no longer do, right? Because uh, there was some issue with uh, the radio not being green enough. So they took out the charging circuit from the BC346 XT. So anyway, going back. So the uh, the screen on the BR330T, just like all the others in his family, right, had enough real estate to show you what the frequency of the alpha tag was. We had 16 characters on an alpha tag, which was pretty much standard for those days. But the scan list name in there would alternate between the scan list and the the system or the site number, it, the site it was on. And it would also indicate, I believe, to the um, the group, right, when you, when you put the, uh, the subgroups in there as well. So... It also showed you right battery voltage and the S meter, if it was priority or weather or close call and all those other kind of stuff, right? Things for all these like 20 something years hasn't changed here. And again, this was one of those granddaddy models that brought that in. And again, like I said, for many years, this was my go-to scanner, right? My radio, my personal radio right now in my hand, it still looks pretty good, right? It's all the numbers are on the keypad still. I can still read all the silk screening. But there's definitely some wear and tear on the bottom of this unit. You can tell if you looked at all of my radios, which I, which I do keep pretty clean. This one shows signs of being used, right? You can't really say that about most of my other scanners. I, I usually keep them all pretty pretty well covered up. But this one, this one went out and about. This one got some exercise and got worked. And you know by looking at it that something is different about this radio. This one went to air shows, like I said before, military demonstrations, vacations, and it was in a bag. It traveled with me. It went in the, you know, it went to places. So let's talk about where you didn't got it right before we talk about some of the best features and some of the confusions that a scanner caused and also some of the things I wish that were a little bit different with the scanner. So the BR330T would do conventional analog perfectly fine, right? It supports PL and DPL and even discovered them very quickly. This scanner would also trunk track on model type 1 and type 2 systems, and it supports EDAX wide and narrow trunk systems and SCAT, and it also supported LTR standards. So this gave it the Trunk Tracker 3 badge, right? Motorola, EDAX, and LTR. Now, what was nice about this scanner too, which we discovered later on in time, was that this scanner also supported rebanding, which made it a great radio to use after many of the Motorola Type 2 systems went through their rebanding process. 
Now, again, if you want to learn more about rebanding, you can check out our back catalog. We talked about rebanding back in session 11 of the podcast. But the cool thing about this scanner, too, was the ability to plug in the old RH96 removable head into this unit. So, again, that would plug into the serial port on the side of the radio, and it would basically allow you to convert this scanner into a mobile or desktop functioning scanner. And um, I had for many years an RH96. I never used it. It stayed in this box. I, and I eventually sold it. I still don't know to this day if I'm happy or sad that I sold it. I kind of wish I kind of kept it. But at the same point, too, I never used it. I sat in a box for years. But my uncle used his. And we wired in his BR330T into the RH96. And it worked great. And what we did was we pulled the batteries out of the scanner. And we plugged the scanner directly into, I guess, the... Um, cigarette lighter on his car and that would allow the car then to power up and power down the scanner so it was kind of taking a, a handheld radio and, and doing double duty with it but again that was that was something that was really cool back in the day as well so with all this bells and whistles and so far if i haven't really talked this radio up enough for you yet but let me just keep going with it right so the scanner had 2,500 memory locations that were dynamically addressed. So again, you know, if you put in a frequency or a talk group or stuff like that, of course, that'll chewed on the amount of memory that was available. It had an adjustable scan delay, right? So you could tell it to resume scanning after two seconds, five seconds, right? Something like that. It does support close call. Again, we all know from my previous stories that it does work very well. It also supports like many scanners for the last several decades, priority scan. It does fire tone out. Of course, as a portable radio, it does have a key lock on it, and it also allows you to search with scan. And these are just a couple of different things that the scanner will allow you to do. Not the full list, right? But these are some of the things that were really cool for back in the day. But on the other side of the break here, I know this is a really quick podcast episode. I want to uncover what made the scanner my go-to scanner for many years, what drove me nuts about using the scanner, and also what I think made people overlook this radio for many years. And I think is why this was, it's one of these things that should have been a better seller. Let's just put it that way. So when we come back, let's address those things and uh, stay tuned. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every scanner reader user should at least 
put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, so, you know, I think the biggest selling point on this scanner was the fact that it rivaled many receivers on how wide the coverage specifications were on this unit, okay? This scanner actually covered 100 kilohertz all the way up to 1.3 gig, all right? So said another way, it's 0.1 megahertz to 1300 megahertz. The only block, basically, in this entire scanner was the cellular band here in the U.S., which means that this radio would pick up long wave, short wave, AM broadcast, aviation, federal, mill air, UHF public safety, and UHFT, as well as the FM radio broadcast frequencies, and even, remember when we had analog TV? Yeah, it would tune into those as well. But not only did it cover pretty much from the bottom of the band to a gig, but it had step sizes that would allow you to go and tune into pretty much whatever it is you wanted to tune around to. It had 5, 6.25, 7.5, 8.33, 9, 10, 12.5, 15, 20, 25, 50, and 100 kilohertz step sizes that you can set for any search range or stuff like that. So ahead of its time, really ahead of its time with what it would do. But the biggest kicker in this entire radio 
if it wasn't enough that it would do from basically 100 kilohertz to 1.3 gig was the fact that it has a bar antenna inside of it so you can receive AM broadcast stations. If it didn't have a bar antenna, you'd have to have a pretty long wire or a really long antenna plugged into the top of the scanner. But with the bar antenna, all you would do is just rotate the scanner and it would tune into, or it was directional, right? So it would help you tune into an AM broadcast station. What's the next scanner that ever came out with a bar antenna inside of it? I mean, I know some receivers do, right? Like the ICOM ICR5, right? The RCR6 or stuff like that. But show me a scanner. What is what is Unity didn't have out now? What does Whistle have out now that does anything like that? None. This is this is definitely a rare piece of hardware. But one of the limitations though, and this is one of those things that really annoyed the heck out of me when I was setting up one of these scanners. And again, I used to use Butel software on this one too. I think it was ARC 330, I think was a software that would program this one up. But you can only set up, again, not a limitation on Butels, but it's a limitation on the way the scanner was set up, is that you can only put one site per system when you were setting up a trunk system. So if you had a trunk system that had a north site and a south site, that pretty much means you had to put the system in twice, which means every torque group you wanted had to go in there twice. The only thing that saved you was basically you could put the two systems on the one favorites list key. Now, again, you had 99 favorites list keys like you do on many of today's scanners anyway. But why go through all that extra programming? I mean, I know there was radios I programmed up for people that were doing a lot of traveling, and they wanted every site in there. I mean, could you imagine putting the same system in there, the same talk groups in there 10 times, 25 times? Come on. The way the radios work now, where you put the system in once, then you put the sites in, is so much better on memory. It's so much easier to program. But back then, that's how they were done. And it was never a firmware enhancement added to the scanner that unfortunately would ever make it easier to program it up that way. So I really wish if they kept this unit going, maybe they would have been able to add that in as a feature enhancement. But it never got that far. It never made there. But that was one of those things that just really made it inconvenient for me to program and was always a little bit of a a nuisance, right, for me when I would I'd set these things up. But I think the single biggest factor that led to this scanner being overlooked by many people in the hobby was the fact, and I don't mean this in any, you know, disrespect, but this scanner had a NASCAR sticker on the front below the screen. I'm not saying anything bad about NASCAR. I'm just saying it's a fact with the scanners, there was a certain niche market for them, right? There was, this was coming to the point, right? People wanted to bring their scanners into the races, right? And you didn't saw this. And they were selling scanners under their name and also Radio Shack Pro name that had the NASCAR sticker or emblem on the scanner, right on the box too, right? It was marketed as a NASCAR scanner. And a lot of these scanners had a race bank in them with like predefined frequencies and memories in it. It was a car 16, car 99, car 24, right? And that's how people knew what they were listening to. Now, again, you would buy the, the frequency sheets and you program them in and whatever else, but there was a race bank. And I'm pretty sure that the BR330T also had a race bank in it because, of course, it's got the NASCAR logo right on the front of the screen here. I think a lot of people saw that and discounted the scanner and went, oh, that's just one of those NASCAR scanners. I don't need one of those. 
or I don't want one of those. Why would I want a NASCAR scanner if I can buy a whatever else scanner that's out there? There were NASCAR scanners out there that were sub $100, right? That was a thing back in those days, right? You can go out and buy a scanner for $89, $99, right? But this, again, like I was saying, this was a $200 and almost $50 scanner. I mean, something had to put light bulbs on in your head that said, hey, there's something different about this scanner. And there was. There was a ton of stuff in this scanner. I think that got overlooked by the scanner radio community because it had the NASCAR badge on it. It's a shame because this is one of my favorite scanners. Because of the large received spectrum, the ability to tune into whatever was out there, again, in an analog world, AM radio, analog TV, right, straight through the federal middle air spectrum, it took care of all the big trunking setups that were out there in that time frame, right? We weren't even really looking at P25. I mean, there was P25 scanners out there, but they were early generation P25 scanners. We weren't even thinking about DMR, NXDN back then. This was a great analog trunk tracker three style scanner i really wish that you did would come out with something that is very similar to this again right i mean they're looking at scanners like the sds 100 sd 200 top of the line that does simulcast but where's my am bar antenna <laughs> right where is it where is it so again when you want to compare this to other radios out there there's a lot this radio did it was ahead of its time it's a great unit. I still love my scanner. I still store it without batteries in it because I'm really afraid of things blowing up inside of here. And uh, it was my go-to for many, many years before it was replaced by the BCD436HP, which just had more memory in it, right? It was easier to set up because of Sentinel. But uh, great radio. If you can find one, we'll put links to where you can find them on eBay in the session notes again for the podcast. So how do we do today? What did you think about this BR330T. Again, if you're watching this or listening to the podcast on YouTube, leave a comment below the video. Let me know what you think. If you are listening on your podcast player, come by the website, scannerschool.com slash 179 and leave me a comment there or leave me a comment on Twitter. I'm always watching Twitter. I'm at scanner school. I think it's scanner underscore score school on Twitter. All right, guys. So again, I'm going to remind you to submit your questions for the next upcoming Ask Scanner School. And again, if you submit your questions via SpeakPipe, our local number, which is 516-308-2885, we will put you in a running for a free tutoring session. Again, the tutoring sessions are where I sit down with you one-on-one over Zoom to help you through whatever is getting you stuck in the scanner radio hobby. Again, if you just want to hire me for a tutoring session, go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. Pretty simple. All right, guys. And again, please remember to share the podcast with somebody else out there that you think will benefit from this podcast. This is how we help more people in the scanner radio hobby. And that's our goal, right? We can't help anybody else unless you help us spread the word on the podcast. So with that, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you get our email newsletters over at scannerschool.com. And We'll catch you all again next week. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73.